Maybe I might have to swallow my pride and do send a bunch of messages and get rejected 99% of the time, but that's being resourceful. It's using what you have to get what you want, using what you have to get more of what you need. At the end of the day, that is what to do when you want to make progress. The key here is you have to understand how to influence people if you want, and you have to know what they value. You can't influence someone if you don't know what they value. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. You didn't do the thing on the TV like you usually do. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode. It was last week's live podcast, Having Difficult Conversations. Today, episode number 730, How Do You Make Progress When You Are Broke? We are going to be talking about resources versus resourcefulness. Strong work, strong intro. I do. Thank you, I appreciate that. So I'll never forget when I first listened to Tony Robbins' TED Talk, and he talked about the difference between being resourceful and and having resources. And uh, I actually recommended a book to Kevin a while back called Stretch. Yes, very good. And the concept is that some people are trying to go out and find the resources, and other people are trying to be as resourceful as they can with the resources they have so that they can attract more resources. Now, it sounds kind of the same, but they're actually very, very different lives. And the tangible example that I wanted to give is when the gyms closed at the beginning of 2020 during COVID, I actually immediately um, gathered all of my weights. I was living in Bellingham at the time and I had a straight bar. I had an easy bar curl uh, bar. I had uh, two 35 pound dumbbells that I bought at Dick's Sporting Sporting Goods a while back. I had a pull-up thing that hangs in, in the doorway that I used many years uh, is back. That the, is that the <clears throat> trademarked perfect pull-up? Maybe. Maybe. It has the hammer and the regular grip. It's that perfect pull-up. And I remember I was doing workouts, and I even had um, little 10-pound uh, dumbbells as well that I would use for um, lateral raises. But my point is this. I was later that summer during 2020. So Emilia, Bianca, and I used to go to the gym together often prior to COVID. And we were all bulking. And then we were planning on cutting during the summer. That's typically what you do. You bulk in the winter and then you cut. So you focus on muscle building in the summer, I mean, in the winter, and then you cut for the summer so that you're nice and lean. And we had just talked in Impact Fitness together about how we're going to all lose a lot of weight. I think Bianca was shooting for 25 pounds. I think Emilia was shooting for 20 and I was shooting for 15 pounds to lose that weight. And then the gyms closed after that. Yeah, it was brutal. It was. It was brutal. And so we had to get really resourceful, all of us. And we had to figure out how are we still going to work out during COVID? And I actually tell the story often about when the gyms opened back up. I actually was crying tears of joy on my way to the gym because I missed it so much. But I remember I was at the lake during the summer. It was the 4th of July weekend. And um, we were together with some, some just close family because COVID was still very prominent at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm really not in as good a shape as I want to be. But I remember thinking like, at least I'm doing everything I can. At least I know that I'm doing everything that I can with what I have. And so I was literally doing workouts, 35 minutes, 40 minutes in my closet, 
Uh, it's a big like walk-in closet and that's the doorway that I used for pull-ups and I would put music on in my room and I'd blast it and I would just get after it and I did what I could. What else are you going to do? And I think that's what resourcefulness is all about is like I could have easily done what a lot of people did during COVID is up, oh, gyms are closed, can't work out. That's what I did. That is what you did, yeah. yeah. I was just like, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to. Running's not for me. Like if I can't lift heavy things, I'm just not super interested in it. Right. And you I see fat. that guy who did got, like- uh, you you got fat. Yeah, <laughs> you see that guy who did um, he set up like a jungle gym, like outside. He was doing like he had like weights on ropes hanging in trees to do lat pull downs. That guy on Instagram who like made all these makeshift sort of no. weights. Um, anyways, so that's what I did. I got resourceful when I didn't have the resources. I got resourceful, and I think that's what this episode's about. So mine is, my story, I think, is more geared towards entrepreneurs, and Alan and I have talked about this, and it's funny now, but it definitely wasn't funny at the time. Mm -mm. So early on in our journey, when we didn't have clients, and I still had, I mean, my I'm still paying off the credit cards of getting the business going, so it was like, what do I, what's my monthly payment? $800 or something like that? Yeah. Something wild. So I was paying rent, my car was paid for, which was nice, but we had a lot of bills. We had a lot of business bills, and Taryn and I had a lot of bills as well. I literally did not have enough money in the bank to cover our bills, so I took one of my credit cards, charged myself through our website, and then paid with the credit card, and then that way I was able to take money from my credit card, and I did that several times right. in order to pay bills. Now, again, I know that's a little reckless, but that is the the level of resourcefulness that we needed at that time. We didn't have the resources. We were working on getting the resources, but sometimes resourcefulness might mean backing yourself into a corner for a short amount of time. I mean, you and I have done that a lot of Brendan Burchard event was like, yeah, we're just going to wing it. Like we're just going to put it on a credit card and see what happens. Now, again, that can be reckless. Alan and I have had, I think more clarity than most from the beginning of like, we're going to be able to pay this off yeah. in a couple of years because things are, are going to work out well. But think about, I remember early on, we wanted to get a cartoon intro made of ourselves yeah. for YouTube. And one of our mentors connected us with somebody. And I remember I was like, dude, this is going to cost us a lot of money. This person worked at Pixar. Yeah. They, or they worked with Pixar. I don't know if they worked at it. Yeah. And we ended up getting it for free. Yep. How do you... Because you're really good at this. How do you use the resourcefulness of painting a vision to influence somebody? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. Like I appreciate whether, that. Of course. Whether getting people to fly across the country to come to our live events for very little money. like You've done a really good job of being very resourceful. That's where I learned it from. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um I think growing up with very little money, I always had to, well, when I was 14, just to give a little backstory, from two to 14, I had a stepfather who did make a really good income. But when my stepfather left, we had no income as a family. I mean, my my mom was a lunch lady, but that, that wasn't enough um, for the lifestyle that we had at that time. So I actually got like free, a reduced price lunch. I remember my lunch was 60 cents and at one point it was actually free. Um, and I got financial aid and all that. So I've always kind of had to be resourceful. Mm. And I learned that from a young age because I had abundance and then, you know, to literally the point where we were building as a family, a custom yacht that was $250,000. And that was back in the early 2000s. So now that would be 500,000. Um, 
to like literally I get free lunch. So I that that's drastic adversity where I learned resourcefulness. And my mom, when my father passed away, always needed to learn how to be resourceful too. So I do think I got that from her. But to answer your original question, what Kevin's referencing is is at Top Notch Live 2020, we had seven, six other speakers. So Kevin and I were each speakers. There were eight speakers total. Some and would say we were the best. <laughs> some, some would say. No, I don't think so. No, uh, but we're getting better. So the six other speakers though, um, we basically got them there, yeah, for free. They volunteered their time. Yeah. But the way that we did that, I remember talking to Amelia about this, and she's like, wait a minute, you got every single one of those speakers to come fly, in some cases, across the country or drive from New York or whatever uh, without a contract? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, "In real, she's from real estate, so she's like, that's unheard of. In real estate, you can't get anything done without a contract. Um, and I said, honestly, it's just understanding what people value. And the opportunity was there. I mean, you're going to speak to a room of 200 people. You're going to have an opportunity to master your craft in speaking. You're going to be on a stage. You're going to get footage that you can then repurpose on YouTube. You're going to be able to get a booth where you promote your products and services. Yeah. You know, there, there was so many whys. I remember stacking the, the whys. I had seven reasons why it was critical for them to come. And all of them agreed. And it was a huge opportunity. And the networking, I mean, the speakers you're going to meet. Brant, Brant Pinvidic was actually headlining that event. Um, and we put together a DJ and we had a videographer and we had a photographer from Italy who's now on the team, Alessandro. We, and I'm actually excited because Next Level Live is going to be February 2022. And we're going to be very resourceful because those events are very difficult to make profitable. When you see a big picture of a wonderful event, like you, what you're not seeing is how much money that costs. It costs so much for the food and the venue and the, the, the uh, booklets and everything. In between, and we also had um, shout out to the volunteers. We had like sixteen volunteers, yeah. like unbelievable event. And those events aren't as profitable as a lot of people think. And it's really important to understand. I mean, paying speakers is speakers make a lot of money. You know, in in your world within live, I believe we paid Evan Carmichael. Um, at least our team did six k for that speech, and even that was on the lower end for yeah. what he normally charges. So, the key here is you have to understand how to influence people. If you want, and you have to know what they value. You can't influence someone if you don't know what they value. So, uh, for example, if Kevin loves MMA and I'm friends with an MMA fighter who's coming to our event and I can say, hey, Kev, you're going to get a chance to meet one of your heroes, Linton Vassell. You should really come here. Would you mind adding value and speaking for free, but you'll get a chance to meet Linton? Mm -hmm. Then he would be like, hell yeah, let's do it. And then on top of that, you're going to change people's lives. You're going to have footage for your YouTube, blah, blah, blah. It keeps going on. In the workbook, we'll have your name. We'll, we'll plug your Instagram handles. You just have to understand what someone's goals and dreams are. This is really what influence is, in my opinion. And then I'll, I'll sort of move on from this. What's going on, everybody? My name is Brandon Lowe. I am the host of the Decide and Design podcast, and I'm also part of the NLU team. I wanted to give a shout out to Kevin and Alan real quick. So when I first started working for Kevin and Alan, they asked me, what kind of skills do you have? What, what can you bring to the table? And I was honest and transparent with them. I was like, I don't have a lot of computer skills. I don't have a lot of sales skills or business skills, but I'm willing to work hard. And they decided to take a chance on me and give me a huge opportunity based off of my character. And when they did that, that really showed me what, what types of people that Kevin and Alan are. I mean, amazing guys who really have been mentoring me, coaching me, and taking me under their wing and completely changing my life. I now host a podcast. 
I'm on the team, I'm connecting with amazing people, and I'm becoming the man that I was truly meant to be, and it's because of these two amazing guys. I have nothing but amazing things to say about them. I love you guys. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, and if you have the chance to work with Kevin and Alan, I highly, highly recommend it. Core aspirations, core values, core beliefs. If you know what someone aspires to, you know what someone values and you know what they believe, you can make sure you fit into that alignment. Is this aligned for you? The answer is yes, because I know what you aspire to, I know what you value, and I know what you believe, and all I have to do is communicate why that is. And right now, we're hoping to have David Meltzer as our headliner for Next Level Live 2022 in February, and I'm talking to one of the presidents of his company, Colleen, and I'm fairly confident that we're going to get him there. You know, and and the reason why is because I understand all of his goals and his what he values, and I've stacked the value, and I believe he'll do it. Um, and so that's getting resourceful because last time Dave basically said twenty five hundred is the lowest I could do it for, and we didn't have the budget at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that this time we've grown. This time it's going to be different. Our relationship capital has grown with Dave, and and there's a million other reasons that I don't want to get into here, but. That resourcefulness has really helped us because early in our journey, Kevin and I, yeah, we bootstrapped. We traveled when we didn't have the money. Um, we I liquidated many of my stocks and stuff just to just to keep my expenses low uh, and pay off my bills. But like the moment we didn't have money, we went to the drawing board and we said, okay, we're not going to stop this train. The podcast is rolling and we're going to succeed no matter what, no matter what it takes. I got resourceful to the point where I was landscaping on the side. Um, I got resourceful to the point where we were both coaching for 50 bucks per call. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just got to the drawing board. I can't even tell you how many times Kevin and I have sat in front of the whiteboard, like trying to figure out, okay, this is the expenses coming in. This is the podcast. We, we won't stop the train. We're adding massive value. There's a lot of mastery and impact, but like we have to be profitable in order to grow this thing. Let's go to the drawing board and figure out how to, how to make money. And that's what we've done every single time. I think it's what resourcefulness is at the end of the day is it's an extended level of creativity. If you're somebody who's new to business, and Gary V says this, and I think I'm realizing in the moment and the more I reflect that I love Gary because he's so tactical. Like, go do this and this, this is the result you'll get. But it's like, okay, if you are a new podcaster, or say you have a podcast company like we do, Next Level Podcast Solutions. Say you have that. You just DM 300 people and say, hey, I see that you have a podcast. We would love to help you with your podcast. I don't know what you're paying to get all of your stuff done, but I guarantee we can do it for cheaper and better quality. Right. And you just like you just get resourceful by sending messages and building relationships and getting creative in terms of, okay, I need more clients. What do I do? Like, okay, that's a social media post that's resourceful. And I, I think it has to start with some level of belief that what you want is not only possible, but possible for you. And I think it's also practice. It's the practice of saying, like Alan said, what is what does this person value? How do I communicate the value that they will perceive? Like people always say, how do you get mentors? You find what they value and then find a way to fill that gap, right? Here's another way, and I... I I think this is important for us to bring you behind the scenes. Uh, we have this picture that we show in group coaching often of, of 600 episodes. So the Kevin created it. There's three pictures. The very top picture is when we were at 100 episodes. 100 episodes. And it's got a black backdrop, terrible camera. And we had Steve McQueen, which was our little mascot, a yes. uh, little skeleton. A little Big backstory fan. about that. My sister was a x-ray technician. 
and she had a little skeleton and, and our studio at the time was actually my sister's old room. That's resourcefulness. My sister's old room was our first podcast studio. Then at episode 300, we were in my mother's basement at the time and there's a little TV behind us and it's a little bit better, but it's not great. And then you get, you know, first photo, second photo, third photo is 600 episodes. And that last photo is us in this studio that you see now dressed up nicer much more well put together with a beautiful backdrop. And the point is that if we weren't resourceful in terms of, okay, we're willing to podcast in my sister's old room and whiteboard in my sister's old room to try to figure out how to make 50 bucks a call coaching. And we weren't resourceful at episode 300 of podcasting in my mother's basement. Okay. Would we ever have gotten the studio? And the point is, is that we wouldn't have, right? A lot of people think, well, I don't have the money for that. It's like, okay, Uh, another behind the scenes, one of my mentors donated this camera that you're watching us on right now. This is a $5,000 camera that we could not afford back then. One of our other mentors, um, donated three cameras that were all, I think they were cheaper, like 200 bucks a piece or whatever, but we've gotten unbelievably resourceful and we've had a lot of support, which is great, but we also added massive value to those other people too. And so it really comes down to are you willing to do whatever it takes? And and the same, just to circle back to that first analogy, when the gyms closed, did you use that as an excuse to not work out? Or, <laughs> Kev, yes. yeah, Kev did that. But honestly, if it had closed for a full year, you would have found a way. Yeah. You would have well, figured I did. I, I yeah. ordered kettlebells and stuff, but then it was like, you know, the, I knew the gyms were opening. There was an end date in sight. So I was like, honestly, I'll just use a, this as a, an opportunity to rest my body for the first time and 15 years exactly and so that's a different scenario but when the gyms closed there's two options two options one you get resourceful and find a way to train anyway or two you say i can't train the gyms are closed my question for everyone out there listening and then we'll go is who's better off in the long run and if the gyms had closed for two three four years I mean, the the difference between that first person and that second person, aka the resourceful person versus the non-resourceful person, is is leagues leagues uh, leagues apart. How do you make progress when you're broke? You get creative and you stay committed to the fact that it's non-negotiable not to. If you really really want what it is you're chasing after, like we could do an entire episode on things that we've done in in terms of getting creative, but we don't want to make this entirely about us, even though it usually is a lot about us. But there's been so many things because it's a non-negotiable for us not to do this. And if you have that thing, if that's what you're trying to get resourceful with, then it's just that commitment that, look, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Maybe I might have to swallow my pride and do send a bunch of messages and get rejected 99% of the time, but that's being resourceful. It's using what you have to get what you want, using what you have to get more of what you need. At the end of the day, that is what to do when you want to make progress and you don't have the resources you don't have the money you don't have the whatever it is the shiny objects that you need before we go i did say i there's one thing that i feel super compelled to share very quickly i have a dear dear friend of mine who when i first met him was making 14 dollars an hour as a personal trainer and here we are five years later and he was very successful in real estate and had ninety thousand dollars wired into his bank account and this is someone who quite literally learned how to survive on very, very, very little income. Now take that resourcefulness of five years of bootstrapping, just trying to figure out how to survive with very little resources. Now give that person the resources. Holy crap. The point is, is he learned how to stretch a dollar. 
Now, what's he going to be able capable of when he has all the dollars, right? So just understand that becoming resourceful is a skill that never goes away. And then when you have the resources, so for example, Kevin and I, now we're starting to get the resources, but the resourcefulness will keep staying. I know a lot of people who have a lot of resources and very little resourcefulness, and I would take our end of the bargain any day of the week because once we get the resources, we can really proliferate every everything we're doing with those resources because we've started with so little. Yeah, it's a level of training you won't have unless you do it. Exactly. Right. If you don't have to do it, you won't know what to do with it. Does that make sense? It's like if you've never ran with bare feet and you only know how to run with like the perfect this, shoes. You're on this running kick. I know, I am. <laughs> if you've only ever run with like the best track shoes, and then all of a sudden track shoes go away, now you can't run. Yeah. Versus someone who was running in bare feet and now suddenly has amazing track shoes. They're I think of the, yeah. um, there's a meme, I don't know where it came from or who shared it originally or whatever, you know, whose it is, but I think it's this person in, I don't remember the exact frame, but it's this person that's felt like they fell into a hole and there's a bunch of like branches down there. There's two things you can do. You can use the branches to build a fire or you can build a ladder. Like th- those are both levels of resourcefulness, but the resourcefulness to build a ladder and get out of there is a way more sustainable level than building a fire, staying warm for the night and then, you know, maybe starving to death. One of them gets you comfortable where you are. The other one helps you climb out. Yes. That's fire. Boom. Fire. And a fire analogy. And nice. fire. Not bad. Ladies and gentlemen, our next episode, tomorrow, 731, last week's live Q&A, how do I express my truth to someone who can't handle it? So that is from our Having Difficult Conversations live podcast. Also, as Alan mentioned, September, I mean, no, February what? 20- 19th. 19th. We Saturday. are going to be doing Next Level Live in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, obviously, barring COVID things, but where our plan is 100% go right now. We're trying to get Dave. We have a lot of amazing people that we'll be bringing to that event. So put that on your calendar. We will continue to launch and drop details as we go, but it's going to be absolute fire. I know our last event that we co hosted was super, super powerful to everybody that attended. And if you've never been to an event, it's great. If you've been to events, it's great. At the end of the day, we want to meet our amazing community and help you get to the next level in person. Doors open at 8.30 a.m. First speaker steps on the stage at 9 a.m. Last speaker is finished at 5 p.m. Last time it was an amazing day. Eight speakers, eight and a half hours, full immersion, unbelievably life-changing day. There's going to be a workbook. It's going to be amazing. Picture everyone together trying to learn and grow as much as possible and everyone has huge goals and dreams. Everyone's trying to get to the next level. It's going to be a whole nother level of a community um, imagine next level you, but in person, it's going to be, you know, the difference between watching us on YouTube versus going to the rock concert. It's a very different, uh, think, feel it's different and it's beautiful. It's a rock concert. Will you be performing a song? I know, but I think you should do acoustics for sure. I don't, can't play the guitar or sing, so I'm going to need some help. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we love you. We appreciate you. We will talk to you tomorrow and we do not have fans. We have family. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.